Hi, I'm Dr. Greg Goins from the Reimagine Schools podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. You're listening to the Ed Creation Podcast. We bring you stories from educational leaders about the instructional movements, resources, tools, and practices that are reshaping learning. Hi, everyone. This is your host, Christy, and we're talking today to Tay Bui, who is in his 12th year of teaching middle school. He's taught pretty much all the content areas for grades 6, 7, and 8, and this interview took place in the middle of summer following a year of teaching science and preceding his transition to social studies. He likes change, and he likes to change things up for his students, keeping his classroom lively and engaging. I pretty much change content every year. So it's been kind of really interesting. We have a lot of first year teachers. And so I always like to give them their first choice. And for me, it's it's nice. It's nice to do something new every year. Tay currently teaches at Edison Academy Magnet School in Ontario, California. Being such a versatile guy in regards to content areas, he's especially excited about the resource he came to share because it has application in pretty much any content area and is especially great for integrated learning and project-based learning. Tay came to tell us about NextGen News. And while there are a number of companies and organizations trying to fill this content and current events niche, we know of no other provider doing it in this very unique and engaging way. NextGen News is essentially um, news for kids, delivered by kids, um, but for teachers as well, they uh, come with um, really high quality lesson plans um, designed for you to really engage with your kids um, on multiple levels. You know, we're not just reading and writing and discussing. Like, there's elements of creativity, there's elements of problem solving, there's elements of engineering. So, we really try to pull from Common Core, the next gen science standards. So, that way, no matter where you are in the country, you can have discussions with your kids about current events, um, delivers them in a, I would say, safe, because before this, in order for me to teach current events to my students, I have to go and find like articles online and deal with ads and, you know, deal with YouTube. And, but with this, it was just perfect. It was just like, hey, guys, this is what's going on in the world today. Let's get some thoughts on it. Let's talk about it. Let's read about it. Um, and so that's essentially Next Gen News. It's an all-in-one place where kids can go and, and you can get just really understand what's happening in the world right now and also develop your reading and your writing and all your other curriculum that you need to do at the same time. And it's pre-curated, so you don't have to worry. You know that it came from, you know that what you're getting came from credible sources. You know yeah. that there's not going to be anything offensive or questionable, um, but there are different components of it. So it's not just a curriculum. It's an actual news broadcast, right? Yeah, absolutely. So tell us yeah. about that part of it, because that's really kind of the super unique thing that the super unique part as i love like <laughs> in the beginning like it's always like the puns i think that's what the kids always talk about because the script is just full of puns and that they're, they're so cheesy but like they just know once they start to expect it it's just cool seeing kids getting invested in news it's cool seeing kids getting invested in like issues and and so for and but also for them to see it being presented that way i had a lot of kids ask questions about like this is cool like can we do this too you know, and as a teacher, like that is, that's it. That's, that's exactly fun. what you want, you know, because they're like, why well, can we do this? Like we have iPads, you know? And yeah. so, I mean, that was the natural transition. 
you know, because eventually it wasn't just, I didn't want them to be consuming. I want them to be producers too. And so it just, it just connected with my science, like just perfectly. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to hear more about that. I mean, that's project-based learning and it's best, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We will hear more from Tay, but with NextGen being all about content for kids delivered by kids, I really wanted to hear from a kid. So this is Brianna, who has just finished fifth grade and is looking forward to starting sixth grade at John Burroughs Middle School this fall, also from California. I asked Brianna about how NextGen News fit into her fifth grade classroom. We're using it to kind of like acknowledge everything that's going around us. And how often did you use this? We used it every day. Every single day. Give me an example of a story that you guys listen to or a newscast that really sticks out to you where you learned something new or exciting. Well, um, we learned about the first African-American woman on the Supreme Court. We also learned about uh, American condors, I believe. Okay. The birds, right? Yeah, the birds. Mm -hmm. We also learned about COVID. We learned about student loans. Student loans. Yeah. So what did you like about learning things this way? What I liked about this way is that um, everybody quieted down and that um, like we would watch and it would have like different stories instead of like going through one one day, the other day. And that we... And there was always like one for each subject. How is it different having this information delivered by kids? Does that make any difference for you? It does make a difference because usually it's like all the adults are doing everything, but now it's like they're acknowledging that kids can do things too. Mm-hmm. It's not just, oh, an adult did this, oh, an adult did this. It's mm-hmm. about kids and like how they're cha- they're going to change the future. So how long are the broadcasts? Like, so each, I'm guessing that each lesson starts with the broadcast and then um, resources to help you dig deeper and follow up and read and write and... Yeah, so every broadcast, so the broadcast we actually built into the lesson plan. So you teachers will actually get a you get a whole lesson plan, and the broadcast is built in part of the motivation, the engagement part. And so the kids will get to watch it, and then afterwards you can either dig deeper into the story, or you can either dig deeper into a theme related to the story. So if it's an engineering story, typically we'll have kids talk about, okay, let's talk about the engineering process here. You know, how did the engineering process? How was it used in this story? Okay, cool. Let's try this engineering process with something in the classroom. You know, so it's immediate, it's relevant, you know, and, and it's great to see them take this connection from something happening. And I think the last story we did was the um, octopus farm, farm in Mexico. And a student was like, um, there's thing, this thing on Netflix called like My Octopus Teacher. Like, is that like the same thing? I'm like, you know, I encourage you to watch that and then come back and let's talk about this story about should we be farming, you know, octopus, you know? And so that was just, I mean, I remember that week, like, it was just like, it was all about octopus and octopi. Um, and so that was really cool. But then, yeah, you get a five minute lesson, you get a five minute broadcast, and then the lesson allows you to go deeper into it, you know, whether it's going to be writing or reading or, you know. So now I'm really intrigued because I, of course, like everybody watched my octopus teacher on Netflix <laughs> like four times, yeah. cried every time. Every time. <laughs> such a work of art. So yeah. then were your kids all ready to go out and 
protest the octopus farming because we had a great conversation too because kids were talking about sushi you know kids were like I, I love sushi you know i love eating octopus and i was like well that's interesting because me too but i'll be very honest with you guys like watching my octopus future like like do i eat it as often now no 100 uh, percent. so this is a it's a supplemental resource for incorporating current events into your classroom and your curriculum, how much time would you say and how often did you devote class time to current events and using next-gen news? Um, typically, uh, I like to do my work schedule like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is kind of like our, our core, our heavy-duty core work, you know, that's like our content. And then I typically like to reserve Thursday, Fridays for projects and kind of independent work. And so that will come to me. I teach four periods of science. So typically they'll be about two hours a week. Um, and so that was kind of, it's kind of cool because the kids know that like, hey, Thursday, Friday, we're doing this. So that means that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, like we need to get our work done. And so that was kind of how it worked out being a motivation aspect too, you know, because um, they knew that you know, once it got to the end, when we weren't just reading stories and doing the work where they were actually you know, selecting their own stories and then like producing, writing scripts and you putting their puns in it. Um, it became kind of a life of its own. So that was kind of the really cool, unexpected part. It just like, just how they took on to the, the whole production part of it versus just the story. I knew it started really like having an effect when they started going home and, and just kind of being sensitive to stories, like news stories at home and coming home and bringing in different stories. Because up to that point, I was so worried about the kids came back from, from break with Zoom and, and they were just treating their computers kind of like how, you know, we treat our cell phones, you know, just kind of on it, you know, just kind of, mm-hmm. but once they started having, like, they were invested in it, like they were on neck, like they were reading news, LA articles. Um, they were just looking at news on, like on, like they learned that news tab on Google that thought that was really cool. They're like, oh, I've never seen that before. So curriculum is a huge challenge in science and social studies in particular, because by the time some, but by the time it's published, it's obsolete. You know, um, technology moves so fast. So this is a way of keeping content really current and fresh in your classroom. Um, Talk for just a minute about the quality of the videos, because you said it's kids doing the newscasts in the news, in the um, next gen videos, and that they use a lot of humor. I'm I'm sure that there's some teacher out there listening, thinking, are they cheesy? Are they well done? Like, t- say a little bit more about that. The content, the material itself, the issues that they talk about, like they're, I mean, the heavy stuff. We're talking about extinction. We're talking about pollution. We're talking about corruption. We're talking about, um, but we're also at the same time. It's cool because they see just the wonders of of science and technology, and that's so huge. Because, like, I think the connotation of news, too, I mean, when they talk about the news, they hear stories about crime and this and that. So when we come to our classroom, though, and the news is about advancements in in cancer care, you know, looking how venom can help us, like, treat COVID and and just looking at all those cool implications of really just why are we doing all this science and engineering for? You know, why are we learning about the human body? And then why are we learning about, you know, atoms and molecules? So for them to see doctors and scientists, but also doctors and scientists from all over the world, you know, and having them help me pronounce names too, because you know, that octopus story was too, because that took place in Mexico. And it was just it was so cool. He was like, I did not know this was happening down in Mexico. You know, I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know what's happening down in Mexico either. <laughs> how know? would you know that? You wouldn't know. Yeah, that. how would I know? But it was really nice for them to to hear names and, and, and just to see, like, just to see people work around the world. 
you know, and for them to see a place that, hey, I could do that. I'm like, yeah, you really could. You could. How yeah. often is new content available? Because current events, I mean, that's everything. Um, so I think the episodes were released, um, they get new episodes every other week. Um, okay. So they release five episodes every other week. Um, usually there's, um, you know, politics, um, human interests, um, health, environment. Luckily, I had a lot of science. Yeah. And I can imagine that the science might have a little bit more of a shelf life than maybe some of the other topics. Yeah. You know, I thought it was sixth grade science and, you know, our curriculum was, you know, it's pretty dry. So this was kind of nice because then instead of being just consumable centered, it was, it ended up being very like creative centered. It's so sad what you said, but true, because it's astounding to me that you could take science, what the world is made of, and make it dry. And, and also, with the, you know, the, we have, you know, schools or teachers with that philosophy, like, you know, we want to teach beyond our classrooms, you know, teach as yeah. if there's no walls or something. Well, that's a great philosophy, but really, how do we do that? How do you do it? You know, and well, here, here's, here's one way. You know, and, you know, it's not the only way, but it, it is a great way. But also at the same time, you don't expect it. But man, like the conversations that you get, like that when you have these things, like it's, it's, I think that's huge. I asked Brianna what she thinks of the newscasts and the newscasters. Just like a network news station, Next Gen News has their own diverse team of four talented newscasters. So Oscar, I would describe him as the fun-loving goof. Okay. I would describe him as that. Trenton, I would describe him as a daydreamer or, and as a kind of like a, a person who you can go to for facts. Uh, I would describe her as, um, as a person who takes things serious but also has the time to laugh. And it's subscription-based? Yes. So you get a subscription. And what I love about this is if you buy, if you bought a science curriculum or a social studies curriculum, it's static. You know, you, you have the materials, it's a static curriculum and it has these units. And science and social studies don't work like that, especially if you're doing any kind of current events or what's, yeah. you know, new, what's, what are the new advancements in this field of study? Yeah. So this Content is constantly being refreshed and renewed, and you could use it forever and ever and not repeat. Yeah, and also what's really good about them is, you know, they are like standards based. Like, you know, the lessons are written and and anchored in next generation science standards and the next generation social studies standards and, mm -hmm. you know, the common core. And that's really the idea, like the universal aspect of it. Um, and also the idea, like, you know, like, really, doesn't matter where these kids might end up if they have to move and go somewhere, you know, if you have this tool, like, then, you know, it's just kind of building this love of, or just being sensitive to the world around you, which is so huge, you know, that's beyond science. And you're and that, using it with middle yeah. schoolers, but what yeah. grade levels could it span? Um, youngest is third, third to, third to fifth is kind of the primary, and then sixth to eighth is um, kind of considered the middle school. So when you subscribe to a lesson, you'll actually get two different versions. You get a three to five lesson plan, um, and then you get a six to eight lesson plan. So it's really cool, and um, they are modified. Um, they're questions or the assignments, um, so that way it's scaffolded. And if a teacher had a subscription to Next Gen News, and they have a they have a curriculum, you know, a core curriculum or an adopted curriculum, or a you know district or school wide curriculum. 
they could use this as a supplement and go into the library? Is there some kind of a library for Next Gen News where you can search for certain topics or look at that? Um, the, on, on the website, the website, um, they actually have, um, you know, it is organized as such that you can actually go find stories um, based on topics and also your grade level. But yeah, it is kind of really designed so that you can really be able to um, complement your, your, your core curriculum. So you can pull previous content as well as getting all of the new and updated content every other week. Absolutely. Yeah. So did your district or your school, were they looking for a resource like this? Did they choose this resource over the other options out there because they liked it better? Um, my school um, asked, um, seeing, you know, which is kind of nice with just when you change every year, they're very accommodating. <laughs> they're like, what do you need? <laughs> you know? oh, okay. um, and up to this point, uh, you know, we, we would get, you know, supplies and we, I think we had a, a magazine subscription. Um, which would used to be great, but I think one thing that happened from Zoom is, you know, kids were coming into the classroom and they were at different levels, you know. And so the magazines that I've been getting up to that point, you know, it was not cutting it for them. Um, and so when I was, you know, I was Michelle McGuire, one of the founders, when she reached out to me um, about this, I thought, you know, this this is great. This is um kind of everything that I needed, you know, it's, it's kids news for kids, current events and it's standard space. Um, and the stories, the stories, I mean, they did a great job picking the stories, so they've never had a bad time. So is there any kind of assessment? They do have assignments, assignments. Um, for example, if it's a written assignment, they do come with like, uh, rubrics. Okay. Um, okay. And when they do have, for, if they have presentations, um, we do have presentation rubrics in there. So we do try to give teachers tools. They also have quizzes attached. Um, but we also have um, discussion questions for parents at home, you mm-hmm. know, in case you know you want to do this at home and you want to continue the conversation. Um, that is probably my favorite part. Uh, wow. The part where we're like, hey, like when you're at home, like it's a letter to tell parents, hey, thank you for, you know, taking your time to discuss this with your kids. Like here's some, you know, ideas and questions to talk to your kids. Well, and especially because some of these topics are challenging and some of them are disturbing, you know, climate change. That's hard yeah. to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good that they're having an opportunity to kind of debrief at home. Yeah. Do you have a favorite success story or a story about a certain project? It was open house. It was open house. Okay. And, you know, open house for me is, is you know, you get to show off what the kids made. And so I had a moment where a student came in and, you know, he had made a physical project, but it wasn't that great. And so he, I remember he came out to me and was like, hey, um, can you play my video? <laughs> can I do, can I show my parents that instead? It's like, which one do you want? He goes, um, and that one, he, he played the, he the Komodo dragon story. Um, and so I, that one was kind of cool because, you know, he knew going into, you know, open house, like he didn't do that great that year, but it was cool that his backup was this video that he made. Like, he and, you proud know, of it. yeah, and his parents saw it, you know, they're all super stoked, you know, and I said, you know, you, do you ever, you know, imagine that he would be on camera, like, you know, with the cool background and everything with his co-anchor. And, but it was cool too, because we watched a lot of these stories and we built patterns. So like, hey, you know, when you watch a, a news article or a news script or something like, you know, the anchors, they always have a pattern. And so they were able to copy those speech patterns. And so that was always really fun. You know, they would do the yeah. whole like, back to you, Bob, in the studio, you know, oh, <laughs> like all this little so thing. Yeah. So that was kind of really the best part. And also like when, when Fridays, when all the videos were done, um, and they got to sit and watch. We always, we always got to, you know, give each other feedback. You know, like, hey, what did you enjoy? And then we always did, um, you know, this would, this was good, but it would have been excellent if you had spoken louder. If you'd have been excellent, if you had, you know, given your partner more, you know, more to say, kind of like this. That was really cool. 
you know, and I think being able to give feedback and take feedback, like that's a cool, I mean, that was, that wasn't something I was expecting, you know, teaching a science lesson, but that's what came out of it, you know. Have you noticed a change in student outcomes or engagement levels since starting to use NextGen? They do enjoy science. <laughs> I, mean, I feel like science itself is kind of so interesting, you know, like you'd have to try really hard or really mess it up. But boring, right? Right, right, right. But but I even found it just but even with the the content that I had, you know, even with like my ability to differentiate, there's only so much I can do with, you know, the stuff that I was given. Um, so having this, especially like post, uh, you know, Zoom, um, these kids, they were just super hooked, you know, having been online for so long and, and being able to use the computer as a tool, you know, as opposed to just, you know, a Zoom device. I think that was really fun. What was the learning curve for you as a teacher to become a proficient user? Did you have to do some training? Was um, No, I mean, the lesson plans themselves. I mean, if you have experience reading a lesson plan, which I hope everyone does. <laughs> Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Um, but even if you don't have great experience, um, you know, following a lesson plan, um, the lesson slides that were created specifically for you to use, go through the slides, the questions are there. Um, I think the only thing really is, is just, Gosh, just being prepared for how much time it's going to take when the kids really start to like really get comfortable and they really start talking and they have a lot of strong opinions. And so you're going to look at the clock and actually know like an hour is gone and you've probably gone through half the little slides because they couldn't stop talking about the ethics of something, you know. And so, I mean, that's great. Ethics. Ethics came, comes up a lot. You know, I think that's a huge theme. You know, like how often are you in a science class and we talk about ethics? You know, how often are you in any class and you talk about ethics? Yeah. You know? It sounds like, this has been a tool for really amplifying student voice in your classroom. Would you say that you're doing less talking and they're doing more talking? Well, I mean, near the end of it, this was our Thursday and Friday. I was just kind of orchestrating, you know, and so that was really cool. Again, it's the point where I just can kind of facilitate. Yeah. So many standards. Speaking, yeah. Listening. Yeah. They've become investigative journalists. They're doing research. You know, they're writing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And they're creating. I mean, they have many art projects. Like they were making, like they had to make their own backgrounds. You know, um, they got to the point where they were able to put in like little screens on the side and, and they just Googled it, you know, and it was cool. And when kids were combining things that they knew from other things too, like Scratch, like that online programming, they they were, one, one group was like, I don't want to present. Like, can I just animate it? I'm like, that is great. Like totally. And they just put Everyone their own Everyone does their part. Yeah, that was, and so it was so good. You know, I was like, did they deliver news? Yes. Did you guys enjoy it? Yeah, you know, like they check all the boxes. Do they have to be on screen? Like, no, you know, and so that was really cool. And then when other kids like, oh, I want to do that too. And then they realize how much work it was. They still did it because they were hooked. They were like, I want to create something like that. So that was really cool, you know. So next year you're teaching social studies. Do you think that you'll rely on this tool to an equal degree? I absolutely because they I will still do like they have politics they have the human interest stories um, but seeing the effect that it had like with the carryover like since I'm doing social studies I'm still going to be doing current events but with the social studies twist so you are living in ancient Egypt right deliver the news for the day like what's happening in ancient Egypt on that day right um, so that may be kind of cool um, but also the different roles you can play you know to you know think like a reporter to think like an archaeologist to think like a scientist but be able to combine all that and then communicate it you know I think communication is huge um, because for I was trying to tell them, like you know it doesn't really matter how much you know if you fail to communicate it it's going to be very tough 
you know, and, and we talked about, I think kids even talked about the CDC, for example, you know, because we talked about COVID and we talked about, look, like the scientists, they know all the facts, right? But that's what's happening right now. Why is it so hard for people to listen to the facts? Why, what's going on? You know, and so we learned that it's just not like, it's not just enough to know something. You have to know how to communicate to other people, right? Yeah. Who would you recommend this to? I would really recommend this to any teacher who is interested in changing the conversations that you have inside your classroom. Not just changing, but having having conversation in your classroom. You really can't really change the conversation if you keep asking the same type of questions all the time. And I kind of brought up like the point of ethics. I think that the ethical conversations came up in my classroom more often than I expected, you know, and because like they feel so strongly about these issues. And I was just thinking like, you know what? They've probably felt that strongly about things before. Like just never had a, like, a chance to talk about it. And I think that was really cool, you know, to really see kids like they get really invested to see them really argue. And I think what's kind of cool is once they have like, you see that they have so much to say, it's amazing how better they write. It's amazing how better they will speak. It's amazing how much better, you know. So I didn't really have that problem. Like, man, I really wish you you had said more on this topic. You know, you put in the time and you have these conversations, like the work will follow, you know. And I think that was really cool. Um, so if you are interested in kind of changing the conversation in the classroom, if you're kind of interested in kind of changing um, student perceptions about news, you know, um, but also huge for the world. I mean, we, we were, it was tough. I mean, obviously emotionally, Kids were still feeling it, you know, from the past two years. The last time I had them, they were in fourth grade. You know, the last time they were on school in person, they were in fourth grade. So, um, so being able to come in and, and, and teach kids about these cool events and about, like, learn about positive things in the world, um, I think that was a huge change, too. You know, to know that you get to come to science class and learn science, but feel good, you know, feel good about the fate of the world a little bit. Feel good about, you know, even though, you know, things are happening, but to feel that you do have a voice and you do have some power, you know, you may not have a lot of power now, but if you follow this work, you could be doing these things that these people are doing right now. Do you think that this has shifted your role or your practice as a teacher? Absolutely. I think for me, it's what I really, what I really liked about it was the transition from like being the center of attention to being more of like the facilitator. Um, I love that. Um, because I think it, it really gives, gives the students like a real sense of how work is going to be like in the future, you know, where it's not like, you're not always going to have someone there with all the answers. Like you are going to be expected to, you know, work together as a team. You're going to be expected to collect information and solve problems, ask the necessary questions. Um, that part of it is cool because then you have to see as a teacher, like, okay, like what is my role right now? I kind of need to really learn how to work with you as a person. I really also have to be sensitive to your creativity, your gifts, your talents. Like the student that decided to do the Scratch video, like the animated video instead, I know nothing about Scratch, you know, but I kind of understood that, hey, you seem very comfortable and confident in this. Um, I can help you, you know, schedule and plan things, you know what I mean, give you feedback. Um, so I think that's kind of really cool. Um, being able to do this is you get to be, you get to see kids, the different side of kids, you know, and it, it is cool to see kids that are emotionally invested in issues. You know, how often do you teach things and you get to see that kind of aspect in a child? Like that's a sensitivity that's unique yeah. when I got to see them work 
and work together and, and then create something and then share with others. Um, that was really cool. Did you also enjoy learning the new content that came with the videos? Like oh, the, yeah, the stories, the, yeah, the stories are great. I mean, uh, I remember Bionic Arm in Brazil. Like it, it was, they always say, you know, like teachers, you know, we always know so many interesting things. You know what I mean? But this past year, like consistently, you know, I mean, I just, I had, I just started reading regular news. I was like these are just kind of my regular news that I was kind of going into. So it was kind of really fun. Well, so do you know anything about the next-gen process for choosing and selecting the stories and making sure that their their resources and their sources are reliable? and? Um, I know that the articles are pulled from Reuters, and they're selected by, uh, I think, the two founders, Michelle and and Laura. And then they kind of select and curate the lessons they're going to choose. But they are pulled from, um, from Reuters. Okay. That I know, yeah. Yeah. And then kind of made age appropriate, presented yeah. in an appropriate way. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Is there anything else that you would like our listeners to know? I would definitely say, you know what, like this is, this is a great tool to have in your toolbox. Um, but also at the same time, um, you know, if you are really interested in, you know, giving your kids like a sense of self, a sense of like yourself in this world, it's, you know, it, it's, it's kind of really fun. When you think of kids and news, it doesn't really connect. But I'm telling you, like, it's when you have kids that are like, engaged and, and they ha- have this understanding and they're sensitive to world issues, um, it changes things. It changes their perspective. In addition to everything else, it can be this counterpart to the questionable information that they're constantly receiving through social media. Because by middle school, kids yeah. are active on social media, yeah. even upper elementary school. Yeah. And yeah. so this is a way to make sure that they're getting reliable information and interesting um, information about yeah. things that are going on yeah. in the world outside of, you know, what Kim Kardashian is wearing today. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. And it's, it's encouraging them to, to, to really re you, you really, you have a, you have a chance here to redefine the idea of news to them. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. that, that is huge. You, you can change perspective on how they consume news the news that they choose to consume, you know, um, and then what they do with it, you know, and it's what not just qualifies as and news. Qualifies, totally huge. Yeah. Uh, but I would say, but my thing is, the, my favorite part was just whenever the conversations got heated, whenever it was controversial, you know, and to see these just 11 year olds, you know, speak so strongly about these things, you know, to each other, you know, and, also, and it's crazy because, you know, they used to think that you know, what an argument is, you know, it's a fight is this and that, you know, but by the end of the year, like for them, like they loved an argument, they loved a controversial issue, you know, and you get to sit and you get to watch and you get to listen, you know, and you get to respond and you get to see so many different gifts and talents I'm thinking it must have become this teachable moment for you to talk about what productive discourse looks like and how we respectfully disagree in our classroom. Yeah. Did you have to do some work around those things? Um, absolutely. You know, in the beginning, because you, you know, they're sort of mature, like whenever somebody would disagree, you know, <laughs> like, ooh, you know, like you did something bad, right? Um, but I, I remember when I had a student named Dean, you know, he, he, he brought up a point where, you know, we're talking about the extinction of animals. And he was just like, why? Like a Komodo dragon does nothing for me. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, we don't eat them. Like, there's like, there's no, you know, and, and the kid, the class is like, you, you can't say that, you know? And he sat there and he said, Ooh, this is controversial. Mm. And I said, interesting. Do you like, so you like this, you know, that was, that's a moment, you know, like you like this, you like pushing buttons, like there's value in that. Right. Um, um, but then that transition to, Hey, 
how do we disagree with somebody but also have a conversation with them mm-hmm. right um and then we so you know with kids i taught them you know stems you know hey you bring up an interesting point however you know like oh i hear what you say but i you know can have you considered this you know um that's always fun because you know, in, the, in the beginning the kids are they're kind of uncomfortable because like they're reading a script right but yeah, you know always, as they get, right? oh absolutely right but in the, in, but in the end when it's just like I'm going to have to disagree with that. You know, like you make an interest point, but I'm going to disagree with that. And so that was super cool. Um, but I think I say, but it's also like at just you seeing these different sides of kids, um, these kids get to see that with each other. You know, it was cool to for kids to see each other and acknowledge each other for their work and things that they did um, and like get value from that. Like, like they're not relying on you for, for value, you know, for to hear their friends say, hey, that was really cool. You know, to hear someone that they might not talk to all the time say, hey, I like how you, like, you know, you did this. I like how you did that, you know, or, um, so that was cool. I think in terms of classroom culture, you know, if, if you're really conscious of, like, your classroom culture and what you celebrate, using next-gen news gave me a lot more things to celebrate. We talk about how, you know, stories can be pretty, you know, persuasive, informative, or entertaining. So, but the kids that get a prize if they do the whole pie. You know, like, oh, that was pie. Like, that was persuasive. That was informative. That's entertaining. You know, and and that was that was cool because you know some kids are like I'm not entertaining at all. Like, this is just going to be straight facts, okay? <laughs> and that was fine too. You know, um, but but just the different ways that you can layer this. My favorite thing about Next Gen News, Next Gen News, is probably history. Okay, because it's about like marks in history that's going to ch- that in the past that can change the future. Next Gen News is available at edcuration.com. Visit edcuration and search N-E-X-G-E-N, all one word. Or simply click the link in the episode notes to ask a question, request a demo, download a quote, or inquire about a free two-month pilot. And if you, like Tay and Brianna, love it, which we're sure you will, you can subscribe to NextGen News through Ed Curation and receive a 10% discount. If you have a topic or resource you'd like to share with our podcast audience, let us know in the comments or reach out through our website. We hope you found this episode inspiring and that you'll join us again next week to reshape learning on the Ed Curation Podcast.